Welcome back to the Wednesdays with Wade podcast, a companion to the Wednesdays with Wade newsletter and Wednesdays with Wade town hall style monthly meetings. I'm happy to share this time with you each week where I meet with a member of our city government to discuss a topic of interest. This week, I am joined by Deputy Mayor Abby Arnold, and I have invited her to join me today in discussing some interesting long-term plans we have that are wrapped into our road construction and overall strategic planning that centers uh, around resident safety and comfort. Uh, There's so much conversation in Toledo about road resurfacing and potholes. And, you know, I get it. We have, uh, we live in the part of the country where there's snow and ice and it freezes and it thaws and it's tough on our roads. And so, uh, you know, we put a lot of focus on fixing our roads and our TDOT team has done a great job drastically increasing the amount of roads that we're able to resurface. Uh, Our TDOT team is in the middle of hosting uh, what we call on your block meetings through the month of February, where six times, one in each council district, we have neighborhood meetings to talk to citizens about how we choose which roads get resurfaced and what's the grading system and what are the factors we consider. And there's a, understandably a lot of wonderful focus on the road uh, resurfacing process. But what we want to talk uh, today about, and the reason we asked Abby to be with us, is that our work doesn't end with the with merely resurfacing the road. That's a big part of it, but we envision the whole the whole neighborhood, the whole street and the streetscape with an idea toward making sure that while neighborhoods uh, can welcome automobiles <laughs> to travel through them, uh, that that doesn't happen at the exclusion of pedestrians and bicyclists. And there's a lot of fun things we're doing, concepts called Vision Zero, our complete streets program, uh, things we're doing with our tree canopy uh, to design our neighborhoods as we are fixing our streets and sidewalks in a way uh, that can make our neighborhoods more friendly uh, to pedestrians and bicyclists. So that's that was a very long-winded setup. But Abby, thank you for being here. And I know Vision Zero is a cause very close to your heart, and you're leading, you're leading our efforts uh, here in the city. So I was just hoping that we could talk a little bit about that today. So first, if you had to def- define Vision Zero, how would you define it, and and what does it mean? What does Vision Zero mean for Toledoans, and how might they see it? come to fruition in their neighborhood. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate being here um, on my first uh, podcast, maybe hopefully not my last one. Um, But ultimately what Vision Zero is, is a commitment that we've made to reduce traffic-related fatalities to zero. It's interesting when you have a conversation about what is an acceptable level of traffic-related deaths, if that's a hard question to answer. Uh, But when you turn the question on its heels and ask someone what's an acceptable number of traffic-related deaths for your family, the answer is always zero. So shouldn't that be our goal? As a concept, it's easy to understand. But what it's really about, there's four components to it. And I don't know if we want to get into that. but But I think the one that's most important and most related to this conversation is about designing roads to slow cars down to a level that if a pedestrian or cyclist is struck by a vehicle, they have an increasingly greater chance of surviving that. And so safe, slow speeds is, I think, one of the most important pieces of that conversation. And the statistics are jarring on that, on that score. Uh, at these on-your-block meetings, uh, which are happening through February, 
Um, and we've already had a few of them. And, and I, frankly, I've learned an awful lot. Uh, uh, and one of the things I learned, because the Vision Zero and the Complete Streets um, work is part of the presentations that take place at these meetings, there's a statistic, there's a slide that is put up that statistically speaks to what you're talking about, that if you are struck um, by an automobile going 20 miles an hour, uh, you have a 13% likelihood of, of being killed by that uh, uh, accident, which another way of saying that though is that you have an 87% chance of surviving. However, if you're struck by an automobile going 40 miles an hour, which, which isn't much faster, I mean, sure, it's a doubling of speed, but it's, you know, it, it, you know it's, we're not talking about Indianapolis 500 levels here. We're talking about, unfortunately, I think we all know what a, 40, a car going 40 miles an hour through a neighborhood looks like. If you're struck by a car going 40, all of a sudden the numbers are flipped right. and you're, the, the likelihood that you would die increases uh, from 13% with the car hitting you at 20 miles an hour to well over, it could be 75, 78%. So that stat alone speaks to how important it is to make sure cars are moving slowly through our neighborhoods. Absolutely. And I think that that is probably one of the most compelling pieces of information that really got my buy-in. And it's frankly, for me, um, one of the things I think about every single day in my personal life and in this job, because I think it is so important. You know, we talk about safety in a lot of different ways, and often this tr traffic-related safety is not something that we talk about, um, but I think it's so important. This is great, and I know that folks listening to this, I'm sure, are nodding their head in agreement. We all, you know, support these concepts. What does it mean in practice? So talk through what is complete streets? I know there are now questions we ask ourselves every time we fix a street. Go, go through some of those questions that pertains to sure. bike lanes and park benches and things like that. Certainly. I mean, Vision Zero and Complete Streets are very tied together. We did an update to our Complete Streets policy as a recommendation out of our Vision Zero plan. And they're all about designing our roads in a way that puts the prioritization on the least, the most vulnerable user. So in the past, uh, traffic engineers have designed roads for the for throughput of vehicles. And this is a complete shift in the way that we look at how we design roads and, and put the focus on that, that most vulnerable user, you know, pedestrian or cyclist. So when we design roads, we look at different elements to the design that uh, would make our neighborhoods more walkable, more bikeable. So those are things like if a neighborhood doesn't have sidewalks, like my neighborhood, for example, only has two streets that have sidewalks, and that's because they've been reconstructed in the recent past. We want to add sidewalks because we want to get those vulnerable users out of the roadway as much as possible. You know, a neighborhood with sidewalks it makes it easier to walk to the park or to the grocery store or uh, utilize our, our roads in a way that's safe for them. Right, and, and some, not all roads, certainly, but some roads during this review could end up with a bike lane. Absolutely. Uh, could end up with uh, benches, you know, kind of benches along the way to promote walking and stopping and, and you know, enjoying the neighborhood as a pedestrian. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, it's all about neighborhoods that feel safe, comfortable, enjoyable to our residents. Yeah, I know it's it's a pun, but it, it, it I think it's real. Neighborhoods are for neighbors. Yes, cars use them too, but neighborhoods fundamentally shouldn't be designed for cars. They should be designed for uh, neighbors. 
you would be surprised. I think I've been surprised uh, that there are engineering techniques and things that can be done during the, the building of a neighborhood or the redesign of a street that working together can have the effect of slowing traffic down. So just one little small thing, and we're not always able to achieve this, but if you widen a road in general, that will promote more speeding. If you narrow a road, it will tend to slow uh, cars down. Angled parking tends to slow yep. uh, cars down, whereas uh, parallel parking would speed it up. The, um, as you're building a neighborhood, if you had more sort of 90-degree traditional four-way stops, that slows traffic down. If you had a bending curve, that would speed things up. Again, at a NASCAR race, that you know they make three or four left-hand turns, but they're not 90-degree turns. They're on a you know gentle oval that that allows speeds to happen. So all of those things are part of what we review. But another component of it is the amount of trees. Absolutely. Um, you, you wouldn't realize it, but a lot of research shows that the more trees you have in a neighborhood, the more it tends to slow cars down. You don't even realize it's happening, but when you're driving down a tree-lined street, you just take your foot off the gas a little, and it hovers over the brake a little because you don't know if a kid's going to come running out the street to get the ball that's bouncing. Where if there are no trees and you can see what's going on, you're a little more likely to hit the gas. So trees are a big part of this too. Tell us what, what we're doing with the tree canopy. Absolutely. And you're, at, you're totally correct. A car will drive the speed it feels comfortable driving. And there's a lot of elements that can, can naturally slow it down. Trees are a big one. But trees are also a value of, of, uh, of this city administration. Um, for lots of reasons. I mean, that's one of them, and it's very near and dear to my heart, but there's a lot of reasons why trees are, are very important. So one of the things that we're doing, I mean, I, we got a grant um, uh, from the federal government to plant, I think, 10,000 trees over the next few years, and we're working on the planning right now. But one of the big shifts that we've made, because we value trees for the neighborhood reason, for slowing traffic, and for all the environmental reasons, is, is we've, we've made a new commitment that anytime we have to remove a tree for whatever reason, our commitment is that we will replace it at least at a one-to-one -one ratio. Actually, the trees that need to be removed for our roadway program are going to be replaced this year at a two-to-one ratio. Um, so that commitment, I think, is going to help us continue to grow our tree canopy um, over the course of the next few years. Trees, uh, it's very difficult to find anything bad that comes from a tree, is what I say. They uh, Not only do they slow traffic, uh, in the way that we just discussed. Lots of research that shows that neighborhoods that don't have trees, not only are they, of course, warmer, um, but there are you know, health consequences to that. Neighborhoods that don't have trees, the, the citizens who live there are more likely to have heart disease and high blood pressure and, and other stressors in their life. So um, the fact that we're now going to replace trees one-to-one -one every time, sometimes we do have to remove a tree to do road work, our commitment as administration is to replace it one-to-one. -one. And that is our commitment bef even before the grant Absolutely. Uh, that you just talked about. It was a U.S. Department of Forestry grant. I think it was over $6 million, and it is going, we are going to plant 10,000 trees over the next five years. In terms of a sense of scope, in a typical year, we'll, you know, we'll plant about 400 trees or so. So if now we're going to be averaging 2,000 a year every year for the next five years, we're talking about a five-fold increase in the amount of trees. Exciting news, but there's also a role for the public to play here. So, Abby, maybe in our last couple of moments, 
Talk about the neighborhood engagement that is required for us to make good on this grant. In other words, we can't just unilaterally decide, hey, this neighborhood's going to get uh, sycamore trees. That Talk about um, the, the public meetings and the engagement as we decide where these 10,000 trees are going to go. Yes. That, I mean, that is a requirement of the grant and something that, you know, is a best practice uh, for uh, for lots of decisions that we make. But the public will play a part in how these trees are deployed and what species. I mean, obviously, there are certain species that thrive in this area. Um, but what we want is the public to help weigh in on on where and what species of trees we're bringing to their neighborhood, to their parks. Um, and we're working to design that process right now. Um, and, and actually, we're going to work with, um, as we're developing that, we're also going to fold in all the work that we do outside of that grant so that the decisions that we're making about public input as it relates to the grant, we're also folding into our overall tree canopy plan so that that type of feedback from neighbors can be uh, thread into all the work that we do around our tree canopy. We are doing uh, some great work when it comes to road uh, resurfacing road construction. I think people know that our TDOT team is resurfacing more miles of road than we ever have before. And that's great. Uh, but citizens should also know that we are doing just as much work uh, on Vision Zero, on our tree canopy, uh, on our complete streets vision to try to make sure uh, that not just cars are welcome <laughs> in our neighborhoods, but, but uh, pedestrians and bicyclists too. And that to a great extent, is thanks to the work of people like Abby Arnold. And if you're more interested in how this all works, come to one of our uh, on, the, on your block meetings because we talk about the road resurfacing, but we also talk about complete streets and Vision Zero and Tree Canopy. And actually, from the meetings I've been to, there are just as many questions about trees and which neighborhoods get which trees than there is about the roads. It's great work, and it's kind of that behind-the-scenes stuff that I'm not sure if folks appreciate. But I certainly appreciate, Abby, everything that you're doing uh, to make our neighborhood safer. And I really appreciate you joining me here today for this conversation. Thank you. You can also subscribe to my email newsletter at toledo.oh.gov backslash contact. Until next time, remember, we can make Toledo better together.